Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as pinpoint as a Borussia Dortmund Hal Mary, fantasy advice as sharp as Timo Werner's goal-scoring instincts and pundits as controversial as a Nicholas Moisander sending off. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening one and all. My name is James Surrogate. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 3, Match Day 19. And joining me as ever, it's the fantasy Fußball got himself, Flo. Flo, it's uh, fair to say the Bundesliga was back with a bang on match day 18. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I heard others say the same, but I watched Dusseldorf against Bremen, so I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> not not quite the fireworks spectacle you were expecting between Fortuna and Werder then. I wasn't expecting any fireworks and still were disappointed, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not oh, the, the result was fine, but... I mean, Bremen lost two key defenders in the last action of the match with Mozander um, being sending off and Folk picking up a concussion that looked rather brutal. And yeah, and at the end, it didn't really feel like winning at all. I mean, that's saying something um, because it was a huge game for Werder. So at the end, I'm, I'm, I'm happy they won. It was two bad teams facing off each other and... and like the way the goal was scored totally fit that match. Yeah, that's I think that's a fair way of putting it. Now, I mean, that's it. Three points in a relegation six-pointer. You couldn't really ask for more. But yes, it's a shame that it came at a cost. And based on the way your Rook Runder has started, it looks like you and Verda may actually be trying to top the length of injury list that you guys had in the first half of the season. I think we topped out at 10 outfield players and one goalkeeper back then. So you could do a whole starting 11. And now, yeah, you're kind of on course for the same type of record in the Rook Runder, which is not what we want for Werder Bremen but let's see what happens this weekend because they will be a team that we will be talking a lot about today I think as they'll be one of those that we need for flexibility but what better way to kick off today's show than with some listener questions as always now today we've actually been a little more selective but if you don't hear your questions in part one fear not because there is a very good chance it'll feature when we run through the fixtures in part two but starting with I think the place that we need to start today's show, flow, and it comes down to the discussion about the third striker leading on from last week. And Detox Diddy on Twitter has asked, in case Haaland won't be in the starting lineup, would you prefer to choose another third striker? If so, what would be the best alternative? Because when Haaland did what Haaland did, flow, everyone thought that was our answer. But where are you at with it? Yeah, everyone thought so, but the more I think about it, the more I'm a bit skeptical if I'm going to bring him in, even if he's in the starting lineup, to be honest. Because today Favre said that his stamina isn't up to full strength and he probably can't go for 90 minutes. I don't expect Haaland to do what he did at Augsburg every game. Really? Really? No, I, <laughs> no, I don't I don't expect him. I, it seems like everyone is expecting that from him now, but Cologne is uh, pretty decent at the moment. So I don't expect him even to play 70 minutes, to be honest. And then the question is, if everyone is jumping on the Haaland bandwagon, maybe you can go a different route and invest in a player like maybe Kevin Volland or one of the Gladbach strikers. Um, that's definitely a thought I have. And if he's not in the starting 11, it's not even a question for me if I 
want to bring him in? The answer is no. And so you mentioned a couple of names there, but who would be the best alternative in that situation? Yeah, that's something where I have to wrap my head around a bit. Recording uh, this week on Wednesday, uh, because James and I talked last week and thought maybe it's better to record a bit earlier so you guys have uh, a bit more time to digest it. But the the downside, if you uh, want to say so, we don't have as clear as as a picture how the weekend will shape out um, personal-wise, injury-wise, and so on. But there definitely, uh, Folland is a guy I would look at. Rashica is a guy, I think. I mean, in a, in a game like the match at Dusseldorf, he still picks up nine points. And that's basically what you can expect from him as a minimum, which is decent. Freiburg is playing at home against Paderborn, so... Definitely, uh, you can go with Niels Petersen and uh, can be rewarded for that. I think Sebastian Andersen of Union even is interesting. But if you stick a gun to my head and I have to say a third striker apart from Werner and Lewandowski, that's not Haaland. I probably would go with Kevin Folland because uh, Fortuna Düsseldorf looked poor against Bremen. And Folland answered... The biggest question I had with him was, where is he going to play? Because I saw the risk that he has to play on the wing and Alario slits in as the lone striker up front. And I wouldn't like that. But I think because of his two goals at Paderborn, had a really good game. I expect Folland to start again at the striker position. And it's a standalone fixture. And at home against Dusseldorf. So uh, a lot of positives for Folland. That's why he would be my third choice if you don't go for Haaland. I mean, if no one would pick Haaland, I would be all over him if he's in a starting lineup on Friday evening. I just feel like... Everyone is going to have him, and it's not a given that he scores great. Uh, he has a great points uh, haul. He had three shots on goal at Augsburg. He didn't give a pass to a shot, but all three shots landed in goal. I, I don't expect that to happen uh, every time. And then there's, like I said, the uh, concern about the playing time of Haaland. So... Uh, the more I think about the more skeptical I am, I know I can look totally foolish if he scores a hat-trick again against Cologne. I just think what Augsburg did was how high they defended with a four-man back line. I don't expect Cologne to do that, and Haaland um, will probably have a more difficult time to find space um, behind the defenders. Yeah, I mean, it is the big conundrum this week because I I had the exact same thought as you today is if it becomes a bandwagon, is it one of the bandwagons where you don't want to miss out so you have to jump on as quickly as possible? Or is this a bandwagon where it may not be a bad idea just to see, firstly, when he can complete a full 90 minutes and whether his goal-scoring prowess really does go beyond a faulty Augsburg backline, because, you know, they're not the, the tidiest of defensive sides in the Bundesliga this season. So the jury is still out, but I can see a lot of people jumping the gun, especially if he's in the starting lineup. Now, I just think it's interesting that you talked me away from bringing in Kevin Folland last weekend. Yeah, I'm sorry for no, that. No, it's all right. Teams. I can't really blame you, because ultimately I made the decision myself, right? But I really wish I had stuck with my gut on that one and, and not maybe listen to the nagging doubts that crept in because it would have been a, a great choice and I wouldn't have had to worry about my front line this weekend. But 
hey, we'll see what happens. Haaland is a great choice, but Detox Diddy, I think you've got some fantastic alternatives there that Flo has given you. Okay, let's move on to the second question then of three in part one, and it's from at Korosh for you. He's also asking about Haaland, but he wants to know how you feel, Flo. It's going to possibly start affecting Royce's performances. Do you think it'll weaken or strengthen Marco Royce's stance? Uh, I actually think it might strengthen his stance because uh, Fabre already said, basically said that they're going to change the system if Haaland is in the starting lineup. Uh, they're going to a system with the lone striker, probably four-two-three-one. Uh, uh, I expect then Royce to be the number ten, central on the right wing, and uh, left wing could be Hazard or, or Brandt. That's what I expect. Oh, Guerrero, of course. That's what I expecting. And then I think Royce has a good possibility to score. And uh, to be honest, like he should have scored at least two goals uh, at Augsburg. Uh, yes, he should have. Just wasn't his day. Uh, I wouldn't feel so discouraged by the performance of Marco Royce because uh, usually he's quite good when he gets the chance to score. And I expect him to to show that in the uh, uh, near future. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think Haaland ultimately has the potential to bolster everyone around him because he's a striker that clearly thrives off of good service. But when he's got a goal-scoring record and he's a bit of an unknown prospect, teams that are coming up against him, especially in the next couple of games, and when he starts really breaking into the starting lineup, are going to be so distracted by the qualities he brings that it should also then open up spaces for Sancho, for Royce to exploit. So I think, yeah, there's a chance that it'll be a case of Haaland making everyone better. Second part of Korosh's question flow also revolves a bit around Royce. He asks whether he should sell Grifo or Bellarabi in order to buy Royce or Gnabry. He says it's worth mentioning that he already has Sancho in his starting lineup. Before I would buy Gnabry, I would want to be very sure that he's at 100% and actually in the starting lineup. That's my doubt with Gnabry right now. Definitely would sell Grifo. Ahead of Bellarabi because I think he's not going to be in the starting lineup because uh, Chang Hoon Kwon had a really good game at Mainz and I don't think that uh, Streich will bench him for Grifo. So I think uh, Grifo is a clear sell for me. Bellarabi is a great player if he's in the starting lineup and I actually expect him to stay there. And I think it's a decent choice on a, a Sunday evening. Definitely would prefer Harvard's over Bellarabi if I had to choose a, a Leverkusen midfielder. But still, I would feel okay with Bellarabi in my squad. And I would buy Royce over Nabri, even if you have Central, like you're saying, Kuros. Of course, it makes for a tough decision if you have to choose your star man, uh, Royce or Sancho on a Friday evening, but you're doing that decision on every Saturday afternoon and uh, just just go with your gut and don't beat yourself up because uh, I think it's basically a coin flip between Royce or Sancho. Yeah, I think that's a very fair way of looking at it. I've got a follow-up question for you, but I'm actually going to ask it when we get round to the fixture list. But I think you've done well to answer Korosh's questions there. Then the final question is from at Ignatius Brian L1. He says he's planning to get out Halstenberg, Tommy and Schick to be replaced by Janschke, Harvards and Niederlechner. He's asking whether we feel like that's a good choice flow because he says Haaland seems like too much of an outside pick. 
Yeah, he already got the answer on Twitter that Janschk is injured. So I think that's that's clear to point out. If you're going for a budget defender, I think it's worth mentioning that Christopher Lenz still just 2.3 million playing Augsburg at home. I think he's the one uh, you want to bring in if you're looking for a one-and-done cheap defender. Harvards is a great choice. Niederlechner is a sneaky one. He's in great shape. I think it's okay to go there. I personally would rather try to uh, get a bit more money and invest in a player like Folland, but still Niederlechner. Uh, I, I can't uh, say it's a bad pick. I think it's a decent pick. Although I don't think that Haaland uh, is an outside to pick, if I understand that correctly, like Ignatius. Or I'm uh, understanding it that way that it's like too risky to pick Haaland. I wouldn't go that far. That's how I've understood it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. No, okay, yeah. cool. Right, well, Flo has given his uh, appraisal of, of that, Brian, so I hope that does help in making your transfer decisions later on this week. But for now, we will close that out as part one of today's show. We'll be back in part two, where, of course, we'll be looking at the fixture list. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy and kicking on with the Friday night fixture, which this time around is Dortmund against Köln. We have talked about it already in some of our earlier questions, but some fun facts for you in terms of match stats. Now, Marco Royce has six goals and six assists in 12 games against the Billy Goats, so I'm sure Korosh may be happy to hear that. Dortmund themselves are actually unbeaten in their last six games against Cologne. Three wins, three draws. Their last home loss came in 1990. 91, can you believe it? Meanwhile, for Köln, it's worth pointing out that Jonas Hector really is having a fantastic season, especially in a fantasy sense. He has been involved in four goals in his last five appearances, so he really is proving quite an out-of-position differential. If you fancy a gamble, then he could be the way to go. But that will be difficult on a weekend like this when they're away from home against Borussia Dortmund. We've talked about Erling Haaland, but the follow-up question I kind of alluded to in part one flow was we were talking about Sancho and Royce and then we've talked about Haaland. Would you prefer this weekend a midfield double-up of Sancho and Royce over gambling on Haaland yourself? <sighs> it, it's tough, tough to, tough to say. It's uh, a tough one, I know. I think <laughs> both, uh, all three guys are fine. I just feel if Haaland is in the starting eleven. Uh, every manager, like 90% of managers who are paying attention will bring him in. So if you want to gamble, you can gamble on him having a bad game and you like being being better than uh, everyone else was not picking him. Sancho and Royce, both are great choices. I've got, I just brought in Royce and I think I'm going to um, stick with that choice. Because uh, I also has ha- I have Harvards as my differential midfielder, and that worked out pretty good on the first match day. So that's where I'm like I'm I'm keeping with my guns there and picking Royce over Sancho, although it did hurt me last week. Okay, so you wouldn't you'd prefer if Haaland's in the starting lineup, you'd still prefer to pick him over a double up because I was yeah. kind of just trying to get your preference in the, there. In a vacuum, you were talking about differentials yeah. and actually going Sancho and Royce could be a big differential if everyone jumps on Haaland. In a vacuum, I would prefer Haaland, but I just think he's not as bulletproof, or that's at least my assumption of the situation. 
he's not as bulletproof as it seems after like uh, setting the world on fire in his first Bundesliga match. Yeah, even if he does have a few cheeky comments after the final whistle for the men that were involved in the deal to bring him to Borussia Dortmund, I think that's also a fair point to make. Okay, let's talk about another striker, but I want to flip the script and talk about a Cologne striker. I know he's maybe not the best choice for this weekend, Flo, but what did we, what did we make of Mark Uth's first performance in a Cologne kit? Uh, it was pretty decent, and he had a great fantasy game on the back of taking all Cologne set pieces. And that's my biggest takeaway from that match. He had really good corners and free kicks. One of them led to the goal of uh, Juan Cordoba. So I think that's uh, that makes him a pretty safe bet for points. And I think if Cologne has the right matchup, I'm... Definitely thinking for 9.4 million uh, that Oud is uh, worth consideration. Same goes true to Juan Cordoba with 11 million, but I mean, he won 24 challenges in that match. Yeah, Can you imagine <laughs> in the old days what that would have meant? Oh, my days. He'd have been he'd have been pushing 30 points by the end of the game. It would have been incredible. Yeah. Would have been incredible. Oh, those good old days, those good old days where challenges won were basically the thing that won or lost you this fantasy game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those were, those were good times. But yeah, okay, so John Cordoba doesn't quite profit from it. But you're right. I mean, we were looking in the first half of the season, especially, we were looking for that kind of sub 10 million striker that would stand out. Now, Niederlechner is in that price range and kind of became that towards the end of the season. But I think Mark Ute has definitely done himself and his fantasy standing a, a world of good with that performance against Wolfsburg. So very exciting. Now, for the last question for this game, Flo is kind of the one I always go to when it's a Friday night fixture now, because I do like to talk about the potential for differentials. We've talked about Haaland, we've talked about Sancho, we've talked about Royce, we've talked about Uten Hector as well. We've talked about the big names. Where's the differential on this Friday night for you? I'm, I'm not sure. Like Hakimi isn't a differential. Hakimi, Royce, Sancho and Haaland are, in my opinion, the best picks of Dortmund. If for some reason Nico Schulz would slide in to the starting lineup, I think he could be a or he would be a differential pick for eleven million. Definitely risky, but might be worth it. Julian Brandt is just too expensive for my taste with sixteen point seven million. And even with scoring, Mark Royce still outscored Julian Brandt last week. So Brandt did score a goal, Royce didn't score, Royce did pick up thirteen points, Brandt did pick did pick up 11 points. So in, in my opinion, I wouldn't go outside of that. Uh, you definitely could make an argument for Thorgan Hazard if Haaland doesn't play. So that's that's probably the only one uh, I would actually consider would be Thorgan Hazard if Haaland is out of the uh, starting lineup. No, nope, I think that's that's valuable advice to show not that, you know, it's it's not easy to pick a differential in games like this and so I was putting you on the spot there but then I am I am here to ask you given the the fact that you're a fantasy pro as you are I'm here to ask you the hard questions to get the 
the best answers out of you. So I hope you didn't mind that. And I think we've come up with a, a pretty good conclusion there. And, and to sugarcoat me. Oh, yes, yeah, of course. Like I'm, all, yeah, I'm yeah. always there for a bit of <laughs> sugarcoating as well. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm definitely all about the sugarcoating life. Yeah. Anyway, okay, we should move on to the 3.30 kickoffs because uh, there are a fair few to get through. We will start with Gladbach against Mainz. Now, Gladbach are the league's best home team this season with 22 points, including wins of each of their last seven at Borussia Park. But they welcome Mainz and a certain man called Jean-Philippe Mateta. We talked about him a little bit last week. He now has two goals in just 146 minutes of action this season. The way he celebrated his goal against Freiburg was as if he had scored the winner. Turned out just to be a consolation effort. But only Joshua Turksey and Erling Haaland have a lower minutes per goal rate in the league in 2019 than Mateta. But a question about a specific player comes in from at Sharif underscore Soliman, who Flo asks... Who are the suitable replacements for Stefan Leiner now that he is suspended for match day 19? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure who else you've got in defense. My first choice would be uh, Günther of Freiburg. Then I think Mukiele of Leipzig had a really good game, not just in a fantasy sense, but he looks like the real deal. Uh, I think he's a, he's a great defender and uh, had a lot to bring to the table, even in an attacking sense. So he impressed me mightily against Union. Philip Max, definitely in consideration, but I uh, probably would prefer Trimmel or Hakimi uh, uh, over Max. So that would be the guys I would look at as replacements if you've got Liner in your squad. I do have Liner in my squad and I was looking for replacements. So thanks very much for the suggestions. I'm sure I will maybe take one of them. If you were looking lower budget, is there anyone that stands out other than Lentz? Yeah, maybe Marco Friedel, I guess you could say. Or if you think that Frankfurt can actually go uh, toe-to-toe with Leipzig, uh, Timothy Chandler for $5 million, uh, mm. will be a guy to look at. But... I think Glenn's is by far the best cheap defender option if you're not looking further than this match day. Next match day, Union plays at Dortmund, and that's probably not the best day to have Lens in your squad. What do you want about? They beat them earlier this season. Home, so surely they're going to do the league. The, the, yes. Yeah, I know. I know. No, I agree with you. I think Lens is definitely a one and done, but I, I kind of made the argument for him last week in the fact that his price tag means that you can afford to let him have bad games every now and again or risk him against a team like Dortmund. Now, it's just with defenders, especially this weekend, I think, Flo, the flexibility is a real issue. Because, you know, not being disrespectful to the teams playing on Sunday, but none of them really have the most attractive back lines, especially in terms of fantasy, where it's like, who's going to get forward and maybe contribute in, a, in, a, in an attacking sense, yeah. if I can get my words out here. And maybe also pick up good defensive rewards as well. So I think Friedel in particular is maybe going to be actually a key one this weekend, just because he will afford you the flexibility on Sunday. But in terms of your player pick, Gladbach against Mainz, who are you going for from this one? That's really tough because the Gladbach midfield is a minefield because Marco Rosa seems to basically rotate everyone else around Zakaria. So Zakaria is a guy who plays 100%, but in his role, he's not that attractive for fantasy, which would make me shy away, I guess, from most Gladbach midfielders 
Oscar Wendt might be a guy to look at. 8.6 million still think there are better options there. So I'm going, if you want to go controversial, don't have the funds to go to Folland up front. I think Alassane Player, 14.4 million, maybe is an interesting option. He had five shots at goal at Schalke. So if he's bringing that against Mainz, I'm positive that he can uh, get on the score sheet. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, moving on. Wolfsburg against Hertha. Wolfsburg lost none of their opening nine games of this season and then proceeded to lose six of nine as they closed out the Hinrunde. But they are actually winless in three games on hope. You know what? I'm going to deliver that again. I could do much better. Oh, that was so great, James. It was no, it wasn't. It was terrible. Actually, <laughs> on point. <laughs> oh dear. Right, moving on then. Wolfsburg against Hertha is our next game. Now, Wolfsburg lost none of their opening nine games in the season and then have proceeded to lose six of the nine that have followed. They are also winless in three on home soil against Hertha. So who are you going for from this game, Flo? Uh, I'm going with Sava Schlager for 9.9 million. And he's actually a guy who made it very high on my shopping list with his performance at Cologne. Yes. Because he was everywhere in that match. Did pick up 12 points without being involved in a goal. And I think the new system where they're playing with the diamond in midfield, it might be a fantasy goldmine for Shava Schlager. Uh, only problem is Wolfsburg has to go back to better form. Um, but they have a good opening schedule. And I think uh, Shava Schlager, he's one of the guys who could be a popular bandwagon like two or three weeks from now. I couldn't agree more. I mentioned him on last week's show, but even I didn't think he'd quite have the impact he had against Köln, especially as Flo points out, when you consider he wasn't involved in a goal. But I think Zavashlager is uh, one to get very excited about. And as I mentioned, fine, they lost their opening game of the Rookrunder, but their form in the first half of the season over the course of their first nine games was very good. That is because they have a favourable fixture list. So Zavashlager jumping up the pecking order a little bit. Okay, moving on. Freiburg against Paderborn. Now, Freiburg, they had a Record broken last week by Niels Peterson as he became the club's all-time record goal scorer in all competitions with 84 goals. He he has 10 goals to his name against Paderborn in just eight games. That's his best record against any club. But I want to talk quickly because we've got a listener question from at R. Ian Pritchard. And he asks, is Quan an option moving forward at Freiburg or did he only start due to injuries last weekend? I think he's a, a real option. Streich was full of praise for uh, Quan's performance. Uh, I think he's going to start again. Um, the only thing I don't like is that he was substituted quite early and he has like the style of play he does. I'm not sure you can keep that up for 90 minutes. And that's definitely something that might hinder his fantasy value uh, if he's always just playing 65 minutes or so. Yeah, I mean, it was it was dynamic. It was full of pace, but you're right. He was, uh, he was running around like a headless chicken at times. That makes it sound less full of quality than his performance was, but there was an element to that. Yeah. And, but, and plus we've got Waldschmidt probably coming back soon as well, which is a danger, right? But we've seen Christian Streich, if guys perform, they stay in the lineup. And I expect that Chang Hun Kwan will be in the starting lineup against Paderborn. 
And for 7.6 million, he's then definitely interesting, even if he just plays 65 minutes. Yeah, that's absolutely true. In terms of budget budget midfielders, he could be one that we need to keep on our radar. So that's worth keeping an eye on. But if you were to pick a player from this game flow, Freiburg looked quite attractive. So who would it be? I mean... It has to be Christian Günther. Uh, did pick up 11 points without having like an uh, outstanding game. It's just like his uh, bread and butter, and I think he, he'll, he'll do better. But uh, that's too boring. That's why I uh, decided to go with uh, Kwon, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, Ryan Pritchard is, is onto something there. Okay. I believe he will be a popular choice uh, as a transfer in this week. Um, but I think there are good reasons for that. Yeah, I mean, considering as well that they've got Cologne away from home on match day 20, could be a good time to invest in Freiburg players, no doubt about it. We did recommend them quite highly last week, so maybe there are some of you out there that followed our suggestions and went with the likes of Christian Gunther already. But let's move on to the next game, Union Berlin against Augsburg. Now, Florian Niederlechner's 10 goals for Augsburg is the most by any new signing this season, but Union have kept a league-high four clean sheets on home soil. And at Adi underscore Ballaram asks... Is there a midfielder worth picking from Union against Augsburg, Flo? Um, that's tough. Definitely um, the most interesting position in that game for me is defense with the likes of Lenz, Trimmels and Max. But if I have to choose a midfielder, it would be Robert Andrich of Union Berlin, 5.1 million. And I mean, he's just like his expected goals per shot is minuscule. He just like is shooting from uh, 35 yards out, and um, I'm I'm not sure how many shots at goals he already has this season. But what I can say is that he never scored a goal, and still manages to uh, give you good fantasy returns. 11 points last match day uh, at Leipzig, and uh, that's why I think he's a decent budget uh, choice going up against Augsburg, a match that can go either way, so it's definitely possible that Union wins this one, and maybe Andre even hits the back of the net. Yeah, that's it. It was Philip Kostic who used to have the title of the Bundesliga's player with most shots without a goal, but Robert Andrich definitely has it now. He's got 34 shots and if you look at the list of, you know, the stats of, of who's taken the most shots in the league, he, everyone around him, everyone above him, everyone below him has already scored. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's struggling. He's looking for that first goal. Could this be the weekend? He may be a, a great low budget differential. But who is your player pick from this game flow? It has to be Christopher Lenz. Yeah. I think it's worth mentioning him a few times. Uh, this show because we were advising to stay away from uh, Lens last uh, weekend, or at least that was uh, what I uh, would have done and uh, and said because of the matchup at Leipzig. And uh, now um, I think uh, it's a good time to bring him, him back, uh, even if they got a tough fixture uh, next week at Dortmund. Yeah, you know what? I couldn't agree more with that either. So I think Lentz is definitely a player that I may look at this weekend just to maybe save a few pennies, which may help me afford someone like Kevin Folland up front. But anyway, let's move on to the next game. Frankfurt against Leipzig. Now, the away team is yet to win in seven encounters between these two sides, but Leipzig have scored at least three goals in their last four Bundesliga away games, which is an incredibly impressive record. I think they've actually scored three or more in their last nine 
all told in the league. But we've got a question about the Frankfurt player, and it's from at R. Ian Pritchard again, Flo. And he is asking, is Chandler going to start? And is he therefore a better option than Unjika and Toure? Yeah, right now, yes. Adi Huda also said uh, a few nice things about uh, Chandler. For 5 million, he's definitely a great budget defender. I'm just skeptical of Frankfurt chances against Leipzig this weekend. So I'm not sure if I would want to bring him in. And what you have to consider is that he played as a wide uh, right winger. And is that going to be his position once Kamada is back? Because they got a few injuries, Kamada or uh, Fernandes, um, if they are back in the frame, that could change things up a bit. Um, That's why long-term, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. But uh, he looks really intriguing right now because of his price tag and he's playing out of position. Still think uh, Ndika, if they're uh, sticking with a four-man back line, they don't have another left back in the whole squad. So I think Ndika... Is, is is a lock to play because I can't imagine they're playing Kostic as a left back uh, in in a system with four man back uh, back line. Don't think that's going to happen. No, I, I I would agree. As impressive as Kostic has been with Frankfurt, I don't think he quite has the discipline to fulfil a left back role the way he does the left wing back role. And so yeah, Unjica is looking quite good. A couple of low budget options in the Frankfurt back line and that are worth keeping an eye on. But we've got another listener question about this game flow, and it's from at Andreas Reza 1. He asks, should we ditch Leipzig assets for Dortmund and Leverkusen players this week? And this is a great question to ask you, because you had four of them, no less. Five, actually. Five of them? Yeah. Five? Oh, I got Mukiele, Halstenberg, Nkunku, Sabitzer and Werner. Oh, wow, you went all out. Yeah, I thought that was a differential uh, decision. Didn't pay um, pay off the way I would have liked to do it, but still did okay, especially Mukiele, Sabitzer. I mean, I'm not counting Werner because basically everyone had him. Everyone had him as a star man, so didn't make a, a difference either way. I would... Think definitely would think about uh, selling Marcel Halstenberg because uh, it was a big disappointment. And I think what happened there is Mokiele just maybe is a better player than Halstenberg. And a lot more was going through the right side of Mokiele than the left of Halstenberg. And um, I mean, that can change in an instant, but Mokiele is 9.2 right now and Halstenberg is 14.7. And if I'm paying 14.7, I'm not wanting to guess if it's a good choice or not. So Hatzberg definitely would be someone I would look to sell. And Kunku, I brought him in just because we got the uh, information that Forsberg isn't ready to go. Might be the case as well next weekend. And then I'd actually uh, stick perhaps with him because he's also a differential pick for 12 million. Um uh, that's something to consider. But these two, I would think about selling. And if I got Mukiele, Sabitzer or Werner in my squad, I think I'm going to hold on to them. And uh, I think they definitely have the quality to run over Frankfurt. 
uh, even at Frankfurt. So maybe don't jump ship fully just yet from Leipzig's assets then. Is that kind of the conclusion we're drawing from what you just said? Yeah, that's my that's my conclusion. And I think they can be one of the core pieces of your uh, fantasy squad, even if their opening schedule doesn't look at, as nice. Um, they have Gladbach next week. And then I think they traveling to Bayern. Yeah, that's the next three games. So at Frankfurt, at home against Mönchengladbach and then at Munich. Yeah. So maybe, uh, but I wouldn't necessarily sell any before the Bayern uh, game, but maybe uh, plan ahead and just go with one or two Leipzig players to, the, to Munich because it's the last game of the match day as well. It's a Sunday evening game. Uh, so I'm definitely not wanting five Leipzig players for that match. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I would, I, I, I would hope not. I would question your sanity if that was the case, Flo. <laughs> I have to say, no, that's fair enough. Okay, I think that's a, a good bit of advice when it comes to your Leipzig assets and how to handle them. But if you had to pick a player from this game against Frankfurt, who would it be? Uh, I'm going with Mukiele. I mean, Fair enough. Uh, he he was really one of the guys uh, who impressed me the most on the first day of the Rick Runde. And I, I hadn't had him on my radar as such a such a good football player all around. So I thought like his athleticism and um, his challenges are great, but he actually looked like a really good football player. I couldn't agree more. He's one of the Leipzig players that has definitely impressed me most this season. And you're right, it is because they are quite lopsided. They tend to, under Nagelsmann, it's almost like Mukiela will bomb down the right. That allows Sabitzer to cut inside. That does mean that Haustenberg kind of drops in and becomes almost like a three-man back line with whoever the centre-backs are. But what Haustenberg has is set pieces that speak for it. But I think Mukiela could be a huge huge differential in the fantasy game if you haven't got him yet 9.2 million uh, he can save you a pretty penny as well as getting into one of the Bundesliga's best back lines which is never a bad thing but we've got three games left to go in today's show we will start with Bayern against Schalke and crack straight on now Lewandowski is netted in his last eight league games against the Royal Blues he scored 11 goals in total that's uh, certainly a very impressive streak Bayern themselves are unbeaten in 19 competitive matches against Schalke, which stretches back to a DFB Cup semi-final loss in 2011 when none other than Manuel Neuer was in goal. In terms of Schalke, it's worth pointing out that Suat Serdar has scored seven goals this season for Schalke. He opened the scoring against Gladbach, but that's a new personal best for him in the Bundesliga. So he really is blossoming under David Wagner. But it is another Schalke midfielder that has prompted a listener question flow. And it's, of course, it's the question of do we stick or twist with Gregorich? I would definitely twist. So just because because I think the the matchup really is isn't good and what we've seen Bayern weren't really shining at at Berlin for long stretches uh, of that match until the first goal. But still Hertha managed only six shots on goal in a home game against Bayern. And that's the biggest biggest problem when you're facing off Munich you don't get the ball and you don't get to shoot at Manuel Neuer's goal and although I think Schalke is in great shape and I I wouldn't put that uh, put it past them to get a result at Munich but I would believe it will come on the back of having sound defending and maybe hitting on the counter once or twice but 
I don't expect a points tally and a shots galore like uh, in the match against um, Glapa. Hatter, you mean? No, no, Schalke. Schalke. Oh, Schalke. I, Schalke. I don't okay. expect Schalke to have as many shots and uh, Gregoric as uh, having as many goal, uh, involvement in shots as last week. Yeah, this is it. I think. I mean, the way you predicted Hatter against Bayern going, I think, is going to be a little more sound this weekend actually because Hertha did crumble in the end and the 4-0 result does make Bayern look better than they were definitely but you were expecting a real dogfight where maybe even Lewandowski wouldn't get that many points and I think this game against Schalke could be one that actually follows that pattern that you were describing last week yeah and the Hertha game could have gone that way too if like after the goal it changed a lot and before that there weren't a lot of stuff that that Bayern did. Second goal is a stupid, stupid penalty, and yeah, and then everything, like you said, crumbled. But yeah, it wasn't the m- most convincing games of Bayern. But the real frightening thing is that they still managed to win that by four goals. Um, that's definitely something to chew on. Do we want to say anything about Bayern's assets, though? And we've talked about Gnabry being a doubt. Is there any update really from what we said last week, Flo? Not yet. So I agree. I'm not, I'm not sure how how you can proceed there. I mean, definitely Perisic is uh, on the radar right now, especially if there's uh, Navri still isn't at a hundred percent. Absolutely. Okay, then let's move on to the next game. It's the first of the two Sunday games: Werder Bremen against Hoffenheim. Werder are in beaten in their last five games with Josh Sargent in the starting lineup. That's just one win and four draws, though. It's worth mentioning. It's uh, the most bizarre stat I've <laughs> ever heard, James. <laughs> this next one is the most bizarre stat for me. Because Bremen's 1-0 win uh, against Fortuna Düsseldorf saw them become the last of 98 teams in Europe's top five leagues in this current season to keep a clean sheet. That, I thought, was an incredible statistic as well for Bremen. So Yeah, you know, one of a kind. One of are. a kind. Another yeah. kind, I love it. Uh, take everything that you can get. Now, Hoffenheim, it's also worth noting, have scored in each of their last 12 Bundesliga games, um, of which actually eight saw two goals or more. And so therefore, I mean, the big question for this one is, wh- where do we go, Flo? And that's what at Adi underscore Balaram is asking. He's asking for the best options from this game. So with these two sides and their form, who are you backing? Uh, I wish that was a Saturday afternoon match, James. And we w- I couldn't agree <sighs> that's more. Really, because it's brutal. I mean, we've got Rashica. Uh, he's definitely a good option, but still, he's a striker. His team isn't playing very well, and we've got a lot of options up front this match day in a better matchup. Uh, we talked about Marco Friedel. Uh, the argument for Marco Friedel is he's 4.6 million and the downside is the argument stops basically there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On the other side, we've got Stafelidis. So if Sko, we got confirmation that Sko can't play and I don't expect we're going to get that confirmation before Friday evening, then Stafelidis at 7 million would actually be a decent choice. And just because I went through everything, I think Davy Klaassen for 11.8 million is interesting. In the new system that Bremen plays, he has a bit more room to maneuver in the attacking play. Did pick up 11 points at Dusseldorf uh, without being involved in the goal. I think Klaassen is a decent choice, but only if you need him as uh, flexibility. 
if you uh, give me 12 million, I think there are other better options in midfield to go. But still, I think Klaassen is okay. The Hoffenheim midfield is just not worth investing in on a week-to-week basis. You've got no consistency there. A good game here or there, but uh, no one I would actually uh, investing in. And Kramaric is just too expensive for what he's showing right now. Although I believe he can pick up form during the Rick Runde, but uh, 13.8 million to bet on that he shows something he hasn't shown in the last few weeks, two months. I'm not for that. Yeah, with uh, Kramaric is always a strange one. To the point that I'd almost go as far as saying, when he scores his first goal of the Rookerunder, I would be very tempted to bring him in right then. Because when he scores one, he tends to go on a run of about six or seven games where he gets at least one goal a game. And then he goes quiet again. But if you could jump that bandwagon at the right time, then you could profit greatly. But as Flo points out, it is a massive, massive risk. We've got another question. You kind of answered it a little bit, uh, but it's from at Demon. 2600 and he's asking whether Rashica is a good option for this match day you've kind of answered that point but I want you to answer the, the question of whether he will be better than Werner <laughs> <laughs> sorry I, I, there was a bit of a chuckle in my a bit of a chuckle in my uh, throat as I as I said that but well he he might be if if Frankfurt can slow down Leipzig there's definitely opportunity for that I mean, basically 80% of shots on goal will be taken by Rashid of Bremen. So you definitely got a flaw there. Question is if he can get on the score sheet. But I wouldn't pick Rashid over Werner in any format, really. Still think Rashid is one of the guys who are viable as your third striker. Yeah, I, I mean, I would fully agree with that. I think Rashica is a great option. It does afford you flexibility. But would I take him over Werner if that was a choice that was left to me this week? No, I would not. But he's certainly a viable option. So don't discredit that at all. OK, moving on to the final game. Leverkusen against Dusseldorf. Kevin Folland is a man we've talked about already in this show. He has three goals and three assists in five appearances against Dusseldorf, which bodes well. And I mentioned last week that 11 of Kai Havertz's 17 goals last season were scored in the second half of the season and we can add to that now because this is becoming a recurring theme for Kai Harvest coming back from the winter break and really bouncing back 18 of his Bundesliga goals have been scored in the second half of the season. That's twice as many as he scored in the first. We saw signs of him back to his best last week. Flo, so is he back? Yeah, I hope so. Although, I mean, Peter Bosch shed some uh, shade uh, over uh, Harvard's performances and said uh, he can do that uh, much better than he did at Paderborn. But that's like if you have such potential, uh, almost unique potential as Kai Harvard's, that's definitely uh, true in most matches. But I love that I brought him in last week and I love (laughs) that I have him in my midfield to close out the match day for me with a bang like he did last week. Yeah, I can imagine that was an incredibly satisfying feeling, flow, and I don't begrudge you it either because I'm a big Kai Harvats fan. It is nice to see him performing like we know he's capable of. And if he keeps doing it, then he won't. it won't take long before I bring him into my squad uh, in some capacity. For now, I'm going to hold off, and that's mainly due to budgetary issues, if I'm being very honest. So, okay, then uh, we just want to end on a listener question as well because I'm sure it's a question that some... Not just Hafid FW will have, but maybe others as well. And it's the stick or twist with Karim Bellarabi. If you don't need 
the transfer, I probably would sell him just because I'm not sure enough, and that's on Wednesday, that he's going to play. If we get some confirmation or some information that he's very likely to start, uh, then I would definitely stick with him because, uh, I mean, he had, he had a bad game, but uh, he can definitely uh, get back to his fantasy scoring ways uh, against Dusseldorf. Just my my concern with him is just uh, he's, that he's not uh, in the starting lineup. So I, I know that's not the best advice I could give you, uh, Hafid. It's not a clear answer, but... Uh, he wouldn't be priority number one for me. So if you've got Lina, for instance, who's suspended, or Belarabi, there's no question you'd sell Lina. He's he's one of the guys I would be okay to sell if it fits my squad needs. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got him in my squad, and one of the thing, one of the main reasons he would be low down on my priority list in terms of players to get rid of is because if he does play, he does afford you flexibility on Sunday, which, as we've said, is actually tough to acquire this week, I think. And so, yeah, I, if, if you don't have him, I wouldn't suggest buying him. But if you've got him, I wouldn't necessarily suggest getting rid of him, I think is where I'm at with Mr. Bellarabi. Okay, let's close out the show then with our three-player picks flow, starting with... The Vegas choice. Who are you going for? I'm going with Ivan Perisic, uh, 13.6 million. Although he had like 28 points last match, they still think he's a differential pick. And he's not very expensive. And um, I'm pretty sure he's going to be in the starting lineup against Schalke. And we know that he likes to shoot and he can score from time to time like he did show at Berlin. I think good differential pick. A bit of risk that he might be benched. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's definitely a possibility. And also the risk if things aren't clicking for Bayern that he's on the bench after 55 minutes. Okay, nice. You know what? I'm going to change mine. I was I was doubting my Vegas choice before, and the reason is I've looked at the schedule and I've seen the fact that Borussia Mönchengladbach are playing Leipzig next weekend, so I actually don't really like my pick of Jonas Hoffmann, so I'm going to switch it up, and because Freiburg have two good fixtures coming up, I'm going to throw Quan out there as a Vegas choice, but I don't think I need to describe it too much, because Flo really hit on all the points about Quan earlier as to why he is the perfect Vegas choice. Bit of a risk in there, uh, but he could come good for you this week against Paderborn on home soil especially but how about your super schnepchen I promise not to doubt myself again Flo that'll be the last time <laughs> you, you can I mean it's 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 good to doubt uh, oneself for, uh, once in a while uh, I think it's it's a healthy <laughs> healthy thing to do uh, a bit of skepticism <laughs> yeah definitely my super schnepchen can't be anyone else than Christopher Lenz for 2.3 million it's a bit boring because uh, I'm not sure. Like the lens count in this podcast has to be in double digits right now, but still think he's the best best budget option uh, in defense this weekend because the Cologne, uh, the Katabas, and the Jakobs they have a tough fixture at Dortmund, and then definitely lens is number one for me. Yeah, that's it. I think if, uh, genuinely, if you look back over the course of this whole season, I think Christopher Lentz will be one of the most mentioned players full stop because he really has been the, you know, bargain wonder kid that we've been looking for and he has served you well throughout this season so I like the choice I'm going along a similar theme but I'm going for a midfield option and it is Robert Andrich 5.1 million 11 points against Leipzig as we've mentioned he still hasn't scored it's going to happen at some point 
And maybe Augsburg could be the back line that affords him that opportunity. But I think Union Berlin uh, this week especially looked very attractive. So I think I would be more tempted personally to save money on Andrich than Lentz myself. But you've heard two different sides of that argument with me and Flo tonight. Uh, so you've got two good people to pick from from that Union side. How about your banker, though, Flo? Who are you going for this time? I'm going with Kai Havertz. Ah, I have enough choice. trust in him right now that I think from what I've seen from Dusseldorf, uh, I think uh, Leverkusen can have a field day and Harvards can be an integral part of that. You know what? I, I couldn't agree more, actually, when it comes to that. Uh, I tried, after going with a pretty safe pick last week in uh, Timo Werner and Marcel Hausenberg, uh, I figured I'd stick my neck out a little bit more. And that is because I saw him in action last weekend against Mainz and the fact that Freiburg have two good fixtures. And it is Niels Peterson, 13.1 million. For those of you that are looking at Haaland and thinking he'll be my third striker, he's 13 million. If he isn't in the starting lineup, Nils Peterson for, for 0.1 more, uh, for 0.1 million more, I should say, could be a veritable goldmine when it comes to fantasy points over the next couple of weeks. He was so heavily involved in everything that Freiburg did well, and he got 16 points against Mainz last time out. So, yeah, sticking my neck out a little bit more, that could come back to bite me. I hope it doesn't, but Nils Peterson is the name I'm throwing out as my banker. Yeah, but I like it. And last week, uh, I remember you bringing a player on my radar, and that player was Michael Gregorich. So uh, maybe, maybe you hit the nail <laughs> on the head with Peterson as well. And uh, it has a lot of merits. Um, you can plan your team with Haaland, and you have an instant fallback option if he doesn't start to bring in Peters. And that's, that's good thinking, James. I'm, oh, I'm proud. Thank you very much. Some, uh, some of your wisdom yeah. is starting to rub off on me, Flo. No, it's very good. No, that was my, my bad English. I, wouldn't, uh, I didn't want to come across as uh, too full of myself. <laughs> oh, no, ne never. Never. That would never happen, Flo. <laughs> no, I love you too much for that. I, I just think, I, I think it was a, um, it's actually it's a, a great point um, on top of Peterson being a uh, great choice uh, of its own. I appreciate it's, that. Uh, the similar price tag to Harlem. God, you're, you're really, you're upping the pressure on me because this is now two weeks in a row that I've found a player that was off your radar that's now on your radar. So now I've, I've got to keep this track record going. That means I'm going to have to dig deep next week uh, to find another hidden treasure. But we will see you what happens. That. I will, I will. I will endeavor to do that every week as best I can. You know me, I'm always the one trying to think outside the box, maybe a little too much sometimes but anyway that brings us to an end of this week's Talking Foosball Fantasy episode don't forget to follow us at Talking Foosball on Twitter give us a like on Facebook and if you haven't yet joined the Talking Foosball Fantasy League also let us know if you prefer the Wednesday recordings because we'd love to get some feedback on that to know how we should really go on for the second half of the season because Wednesdays may actually be easier for our schedules as well so let us know what you think but for now from me your host James Sarogood Flo and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew Alfie Hurt. Auf Wiederhören.